We hear about all of the treatments for chronic and major health problems, but often don't know what works and what may not. There are advantages in conventional medicine, as well as inroads that are being made in alternative medicine, natural healing, and biological dentistry. Welcome to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. We'll sort everything out and bring it to you in easy to understand terms. Now, here is Dr. Robbins. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the uh, Functional Medicine with me, Dr. Howard Robbins. Um, yeah, as you know, our show is dedicated to how to prevent and how to treat medical problems um, in a natural and safe way, as well as effective. Um, first, I always want to thank uh, my two sponsors, Promo Life. Uh, Promo Life makes the finest uh, home care ozone uh, generators. Um, uh, they're they're very they're there always to support you. That I think is one of the most important things. You know, when you buy a product like this, you want to know that you're going to learn how to use it right. They have videos. They uh, if you phone call them, there there's always someone there that'll help talk you through it and um, help you uh, use the um, devices that they sell um, the, in the most effective and positive ways. And they also have a whole line of ozone products. Uh, vitamin, uh, ozone, organic ozonated oils, suppositories, capsules to take for various problems. Um, if you go to promolife.com, P-R-O-M-O-L-I-F-E.com, and look at all the different products that they have. We've done shows on home care that you can go back just recently and listen to, uh, to know some of the different benefits of doing these, um, using ozone at home. Uh, then um, go to Promo Life, look at their products, and then call them. Tell them you've heard about them here on the Dr. Robbins Show, and they're going to give you some special deal. Every week they offer special uh, deals to my uh, listeners. Uh, you might get a, a percentage, a big percentage off, or you might get a, a free regulator for the oxygen tank. Whatever it is each week, they do something important and special. Then I'd like to thank Doctors Biome. Doctors Biome is a very unique and special product. If you've listened to the shows we've done on microbiome and the importance of having a healthy gut, you'll know that Doctors Biome is a very special product because it's not just a probiotic, it's a prebiotic as well. And when you put a probiotic and a prebiotic together, it's called Synbiotic, S Y N. And as a symbiotic, this product is special and unique again because all the 15 strains of bacteria are living. They're alive and well, living in a 100% organic uh, mint kale, lettuce, cucumber, celery, apple, lemon juice. So it tastes delicious. Children love it. But most importantly, these bacteria have been designed to survive the stomach over 90%, where capsule powder and tablet probiotics, it's been established and destroyed over 90%. So here they're not only alive, but they're going to survive the stomach. They don't have to come out of suspended animation like a capsule powder and tablet probiotic pill does. They survive the stomach, and then they're called smart bacteria. Literally, they actually were made to stick to the wall of the colon. It wasn't because they went to Harvard or Yale. Uh, they, they're created to survive the stomach, and those bacteria that can stick to the wall are then called smart bacteria. So that's where they do all their work. That's the most important part. They get rid of bad bacteria that might be living there. They get yeast imbalance again, which is overgrowing because of having used antibiotics. Uh, even once in your lifetime or eating red meat or chicken that isn't organic or farm-raised fish, which has uncooked out doses of antibiotics, whether you like it or not, killing all the good boys off rapidly. Well, these put the good boys back in where they where you needed so you can absorb all the nutrients and all the supplements uh, that you're, you're, you're ingesting. So, Go to doctorsbiome.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-B-I-O-M-E.com. Doctors Biome um, is um, uh, going to give you a very special deal, all right? If you mention 
Oh, actually, if you order it, you can just simply go to the coupon code RADIO20, RADIO20. And if you put that in, you'll get 20% off your first, um, your, your very first um, uh, order. And if you contact me at Ozone Doctor, O-Z-O-N-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at yahoo.com, after you've become a user of it, you will find that I will be happy to give you, if you requested, a very special coupon code to get even a bigger, bigger um, um, uh, reduction in cost. Now, today, because I want to get right into our show, we have a very, very special guest. Today, we have David Brownstein uh, on our show. Dr. Brownstein um, is, I believe now I can say, world-renowned, okay? Uh, he's, you know, board-certified uh, as a, a family physician, um, but he's probably one of the big names and foremost doctors in um, what we call functional medicine, um, used to be called, as you know, alternative medicine, complementary medicine, integrative medicine, holistic medicine. <laughs> we, we, the name has been changed over the, over the, the last three, three, um, half a century, I think. But the fact is, we have just become better at what we do, and he's one of the most brilliant of the functional medicine doctors that exist today. Not only that, but most importantly, he is an author, and um, uh, he's he's written numerous books, okay, that um, on on natural health care, uh, thyroid. He has one called Ozone, the Miracle Therapy, uh, the Statin Disaster. I'm going to have him on on another day, and we're going to talk about salt, um, which he's written a book, Your Way to Health natural therapies that do, natural hormones, arthritis, um, the guide to healthy eating. Um, uh, <laughs> his books are just, I mean, he's written a lot of books because he's brilliant and he's written the books so that you can all understand them. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, writing a book is one thing, but being able to understand the books is another. And he made it so that it can help each of you individually. Now, today, we're going to be talking about iodine, why you need it and why you can't live without it. So let me say, hello, Dr. Brownstein. Hey, Dr. Robbins. I'm so happy to be here. And we're going to be seeing each other in another few weeks um, at, in, uh, in your neck of the woods in Dearborn um, at the ICIM meeting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're lecturing, and I suddenly start became a lecturer. I uh, <laughs> I don't know why uh, on ozone therapy and microbiome to prevent cancer. So uh, we're both going to be there talking. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the uh, the show that you did um, for the ICIM, the the meeting you had last time was just beyond excellent. Um, uh, for the listeners, it was all on. Um, vaccination. And uh, if you've heard my radio shows, to be or not to be vaccinated, I think you know why the not to be is the um, important thing there. But in any case, we always run out of time. And I'm going to try to work towards, you know, I know we have a commercial coming up in 10 minutes and then again in 20 minutes. So let's get right to things. David, why did you write this book on iodine? Why is, why is this such an important book, as you and I both know? Well, Howard, you know, thank you for your nice comment first. Um, and, you know, I do write my book so everyone can understand them, because I feel that if you can't write so people understand whatever you're writing about, either you don't understand it, or there's some reason you don't want other people to understand it. So, it should be, if you understand the topic well enough, what you're writing about should be easy for everybody to get. So why did I write about iodine? You know, I've written 17 books. And the reason I've written these books is I just write about what works in my practice. And iodine was a very easy book to write. And when, once I understood about iodine, you know, learned the, 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 
the you know how it works in the body and how to appropriately utilize it. Started using it in my practice, seeing the good results. That book was really easy. It kind of wrote itself just from seeing patients. Um, so, um, you know, that, that's how that iodine book came about. But that's very similar to the other books as well. So let's talk about it. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, and this show goes so fast, we'll never cover the entire topic, which is why they're going to have to get hold of the book. But um, are we living with an iodine deficiency? Is that a serious problem here, in, at least in this country? <clears throat> well, you know, in med school, um, I had a three-hour course on nutrition, and that was it in four years. And when I look back on my notes later, after I became a functional doctor, holistic uh, doctor, I realized that at least two hours and 50 minutes was incorrectly taught to me. Um, so what I learned about iodine in med school was that um, iodine deficiency was a thing of the past. And once iodine salt, you know, uh, was, was recommended, there, there was no such thing as iodine deficiency. And, you know, it didn't exist. And then... Once I learned about iodine and started testing people, I found that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't correct. And, um, you know, I found that, you know, we've tested in our clinic more than, we're closing in on 8,000 patients, you know, very shortly. And over 97% are deficient in iodine. The vast majority markedly deficient in iodine. And um, it's, uh, uh, um, the reason for that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. But, you know, iodine deficiency is alive and well in our country, unfortunately. Uh, I know they started using iodized salt even in the 1920s or 30s in this country. Uh, does that actually give us a useful form of iodine? Well, then let's talk about how iodized salt came came about. Um, you know, what happened in the early 20th century in those years, it's, you know, the decades that you talked about here in the 1920s and earlier, was that as the U.S. population expanded from west to east across the country, um, the there was a problem across the country, and that was the problem of goiter. And humans were suffering from um, swollen thyroids, which is, you know, what a goiter is. And the most common cause of swollen thyroids or goiter is iodine deficiency. I mean, that's been known for hundreds of years. And so as the country grew, um, this goiter epidemic was was impacting, you know, humans at, at an epidemic rate. But what really brought the issue to attention was that the not only humans were having goiter and thyroid swelling problems, but animals were having the same problem. And so the animals that they were raising to feed the humans were not procreating correctly and were not growing to the right size. And there was a real concern from the highest levels of our government that as our country expanded its population across the country, that we were not going to be able to effectively meet the food supply for that country. So the the government um, um, brought a scientist, you know, asked the scientist for his solution to the problem. He was in he was in Ohio. Um, um, his name is 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 withholding from me now, but I'm going to come up with his name as we're talking. Um, and. He had written a paper on iodine in, in medical school, and that brought him to the attention of the authorities. And he was ascertained in Ohio, which was suffering from a goiter epidemic in that time period, to do a study on animals to figure out what's the lowest amount of iodine you could add to the animal food to prevent goiter and, you know, give them normal thyroid function and the growth of the correct size and procreate correctly. So he put a study together where he put different amounts of iodine in animal feed, and the lowest amount of iodine where the thyroid problems went away was, was ascertained. And then um, from that data, they decided to recommend that amount of iodine for humans. And the easiest way to get iodine for humans is put it in salt. That was known from 100 years previously to that. And so they put enough iodine into salt to, to give them... Um, you know, uh, enough iodine to prevent swelling of the thyroid, and that's how iodine salt came into vogue. And the reason Ohio was chosen as a testing ground was the biggest source of iodine deficiency in the U.S. 
at that time was in the Great Lakes area where I live, Michigan, uh, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, all the states that surround the Great Lakes. And that's still the case today. Um, but, you know, the, the iodine studies were replicated in Michigan, and then, um, you know, iodine, iodine salt was added for the rest of the country. And, you know, that's, that's, that's really the story of how iodine salt came into being. Okay. I know we're going to be coming up to a break in a couple of minutes, but let's just quickly go. Are there, what are the different forms of iodine? What's the best form of iodine for people to take? Well, there's, there's two forms of iodine primarily in the human body. It's iodine, the oxidized form, and iodide, the reduced form. And iodine, um, there are receptors in the body for different tissues that bind different amounts of iodine and iodide. For example, the thyroid gland and the salivary glands in the skin primarily bind iodide, the reduced form, while the breast, the prostate, and the stomach you, you primarily bind iodide, the oxidized form. So which forms, which forms are better? Well, to get a whole body effect from iodine, it's best to use a combination of iodine and iodide. And that's what I've been using in the form of Lugol solution or Lugol or tablet of Lugol solution. And that's, that's a form of iodine that was developed in the 1800s by Dr. Lugol. And it's got both iodine and iodide in it. And I find this the most effective form of iodine, you know, on the market today. Is that readily available? It is. Um, it's available. Uh, you know, I use, I use a 5% Lugol solution in my office. And, you know, it's at the health food stores. And, you know, you can't get 5%, but you can get lower amounts. You just use a little bit more for the doses that I'm recommending. Okay. Well, we're coming up to our break. Let, let, let's go to our first break a little bit early. And then when we come back, we'll have a little bit more time to get into this in, in greater detail. All right, everybody stay with us. We're with, uh, talking with Dr. David Brownstein, and the subject is iodine and its importance. We'll be right back. Are you dealing with gas, bloating, indigestion, or diarrhea? These symptoms may be a sign that your gut microbiome is out of balance. Doctor's Biome is a patent-pending daily probiotic formulated to deliver beneficial bacteria where you need it most. So while other probiotics are struggling to survive, Doctor's Biome is thriving and multiplying to give your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs. Dairy-free, gluten-free, in a delicious organic juice base. Try Doctor's Biome today and save 20% with code HEALTHYGUT20. That's HEALTHYGUT20. Interested in ozone therapy, but don't know where to begin? Making ozone therapy part of your daily routine is much easier than you would guess. Let Promolife help guide you and answer all your questions about getting started with ozone therapy. Promolife supplies easy-to-use ozone therapy kits that allow you to accomplish your health goals. Promolife is the only company that provides free live support, easy-to-follow videos, and easy-to-use equipment. Our ozone equipment is fully made and assembled in the United States. Find out more by visiting promolife.com forward slash voice. You are tuned in to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ozonedoctor at yahoo.com. Now, back to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're talking with Dr. David Brownstein on one of the most important subjects and least discussed possibly in the entire natural health world, iodine. So, Dr. Brownstein, we've talked about why Lugol's solution is the best the best to take? How much should a person take of Lugol's on a daily basis? Well, you know, it's interesting you start off this, this segment saying, you know, it's the least discussed, and you're right. It is the least discussed. And if, if the powers that be came around to my office and said, you know, we don't like what you're doing with natural medicine, and we're going to take away everything, you can't do anything you're doing right now. You have to just prescribe drugs. But we'll give you one natural thing to stay with. Everything else you have to give up. I would, it's an easy, easy decision for me. I'd, I'd take iodine over everything else. And 
Iodine is an incredibly interesting molecule, um, and it's an interesting subject. And the reason it's not discussed that much is people just don't understand it, and there's a lot of misinformation about iodine. Um, but to answer your 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 question was on um, how much Lugol to take. Well, you know, it, it's not a set amount for everybody, so it's best to work with an iodine literate doctor who can help who can test you and, you know, help guide you. So that's what I would say before doing anything with iodine. But just in my practice, most people are on 25 milligrams of iodine, combination of iodine and iodide per day. And if they have glandular problems, which is where iodine concentrates in, and that includes the breast, ovaries, uterus, prostate, pancreas, thyroid, those are all the big glands of the body, um, then I put them on more iodine. I mean, iodine has um, one of its major properties is to maintain the normal architecture of the glands or tissue. And that means there's no lumps, there's no bumps, there's no abnormal growth. And iodine deficiency, it's known that the first thing that happens is you start to get cysts in those tissues as the, gl- as the gland expands. If it goes on longer, those cysts become harder now, and the gland expands and enlarges more. And if it goes on longer... If you take a biopsy of the gland, it has a hyperplastic appearance under a microscope. And um, the the final stage of that, that continuum is cancer in that tissue. And that's been shown in animal test tube and human studies to occur with iodine deficiency. And iodine repletion has been shown to not only halt that progression, but to reverse it. So it's a pretty remarkable substance when you consider that the fastest growing cancer in the United States is thyroid cancer. The the uh, one in seven women across the U.S. suffer from breast cancer right now. One in three men have prostate cancer. We have epidemic increases of pancreatic, ovarian, and uterine cancer. And I say the common underlying theme behind all of those is iodine deficiency. Now, I'm not making a claim that iodine deficiency is the sole cause of all these major problems, but it's a big piece of that pie. And um, until we rectify it, I don't think we're going to make progress in far too many people getting these cancers. Well, I'm under the impression, and now we're going to find out from the, uh, the man if it's true, that when we we take uh, intakes of oral iodine, uh, we're going to excrete about 90% of it. Is that correct? So the cool thing about iodine is that, we number one, we don't have stores of iodine. We don't have an iodine hump like a camel has for water that... We utilize iodine every we we need require and utilize it. Every cell in the body needs it. We require it every day to make hormones. You can't make thyroid hormone, adrenal hormone, sex hormones without iodine. And um, um, so we need to have a continual source of iodine. You, you so we, Dr. Abraham and myself and a couple of colleagues, you know, did the original studies with iodine where we found out that. In a healthy person, um, if in the, who has iodine repletion, meaning all the cells of the body that need iodine have iodine, can um, can um, excrete if they take a fifty milligram iodine loading dose, they'll maintain about five milligrams of that iodine, and then they will they will excrete out forty five milligrams or ninety percent. So if you if you do that same test and someone's really deficient in iodine your cells will hold on to much more iodine. And um, meaning, if you give them 50 milligrams, they might hold on to 25 or excrete 50% and hold on to 25. As they get iodine replete, the excretion goes up and up and up because they don't need as much. So that's called an iodine loading test. We do that all the time in our practice. And, you know, it's a good measure of how much iodine somebody needs. Very interesting. Um and it sounds like it's going, it's it's a very important uh, uh, cancer prevention uh, supplement uh, for people, particularly the most common forms of cancer. Men are getting prostate cancer, women breast cancer, um, so it, and thyroid cancer, as I, I agree, is is on the has always been on the rise. So obviously, it it would be a cancer prevention supplement. Well, I think that. You could certainly make that case, and um, you know, especially when you when you know where iodine concentrates in the body and know its effects on the cells of the body, that case can be made. And 
hey, look, iodine is needed. We can't live without it. And, um, you know, that's how I titled that book. You know, uh, it was can an easy title, an easy book to write. Well, can you take too much? Well, you can take too much of anything. And okay. you can take too much water. You can take too much uh, get too much oxygen and damage the lungs. Sure. Um, so you, you certainly can take too much iodine. Now, now uh, if you have normal kidney function, that really shouldn't be the case. You can excrete large amounts of iodine. Your body only utilizes a small amount. I mean, there's been reports. You know, I'm talking people take milligrams of iodine. The RDA for iodine is in micrograms, 150 micrograms a day. So for for uh, people to take too much iodine would be, it can happen, but it's difficult just because, you know, most of it can be excreted. And there's reports of people taking a gram or a thousand milligrams of iodine a day without problem in the in the literature. So, yes, you can, but that is, it's a rare thing. Okay, now let's talk about the thyroid and iodine. We know it's important for th for natural thyroid function. Uh, what are the, uh, you know? We're talking to listeners now, many of them who know nothing about any of this, and it may be important. What are the signs of thyroid um, deficiency that iodine is going to help correct? Well, there's not a hormone in the body that can be made without adequate amounts of iodine, any of them. So if we're going to talk the thyroid gland, the major thyroid hormones are T4 and T3. Um, the uh, uh, thyroxin and uh, triiodothyronine, you know, T3. So T4 is the inactive form of thyroid hormone. T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. And um, the 3 and the 4 signify how many iodine atoms are attached to that thyroid molecule. So, first off, it's an easy statement to make and a correct statement to make that we can't make enough, can't make any thyroid hormone if we don't have iodine. Um, so, the the problems that you see with not enough iodine are primarily hypothyroidism um, and then autoimmune thyroid disorders, Hashimoto's and Graves' disease, which you know I show in my book and. You know, in my research, that the reason we get that is because of, you know, lack of iodine. Okay. Do, do people with Hashimoto's need to take uh, more than that 25 or even 50 milligrams of uh, iodine a day? Do well, they need a... Sometimes. You know, again, it's best to work with an iodine knowledgeable doctor, not do this on your own. That's what I would recommend for anybody. But, um, you know, when you test people for for iodine levels in the body, you can clearly see that people with autoimmune thyroid disorders, people with hypothyroidism have less iodine than normal thyroid functioning people. People with Hashimoto's and Graves' disease have less iodine than people with hypothyroidism. And people with thyroid cancer have less iodine than people who, who have that. It's a continuum. And it just shows what I showed you before about that continuum of iodine deficiency. Why is iodine important before pregnancy? Well, we, you know, that's been, that's been studied, you know, very well. We know that um, pregnant mom supplies the baby with thyroid hormone during the first trimester of pregnancy up to 12 weeks. And um, so if there's not enough, not enough thyroid hormone, the baby's going to develop problems, you know, a bunch of problems in the body, particularly neurological problems and you know there's a there's an old term cretinism the cretins were iodine deficient you know in utero and they have very low iqs um you know throughout their adult life because of that so um um that can cretinism can occur from either low thyroid hormone from the mom or low iodine from the mom and um so it's important for a woman of childbearing age to ensure that she has adequate iodine levels before um, she becomes pregnant, and particularly in that first trimester when it's you know it's most necessary for the growing fetus. Well, <laughs> this is this is a, a, a pretty important subject because um, women uh, have had a lot of problems in becoming pregnant, to say the least. It's a big business in this country helping helping parents conceive. Um, We've had, um, 
I've had five successes actually in my practice with women who couldn't succeed, you know, you know, um, become pregnant. We gave them ozone therapy and, um, and, uh, they, within three to five months, they all became pregnant and went to term where that hadn't been possible prior to that, not knowing what we fixed. Um, I always like to say without my DNA, my wife was very happy to know that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're very, and, you're very viral, Howard. <laughs> so, um, is there? I'm, I'm just because it just the thought just came to me. Is there something that ozone might have been fixing in terms of uh, you know this issue you know, in terms of um, thyroid function and um, and iodine um, that might happen? Because I know that there's oxidation that takes place with iodine in the body. Is there any connection there that might make sense that brought this, uh, that might have occur, uh, helped this occur? Well, who knows? You know, we haven't done the proper studies with that, but there is there is a connection between ozone and iodine, and you're right. Ozone is an oxidative therapy, and it stimulates an increased metabolic rate in the body, and iodine does virtually the same thing. So you, you might be getting a synergistic effect between the two of them. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it does. I have just wondered how it might be important. Now, once a woman becomes pregnant, uh, should she continue to be taking iodine the way she was taking it prior to pregnancy? Well, when I, for my patients, if they're if they have iodine, um, if they're on iodine when they become pregnant, I have them continue the dose. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't have them stop it. You know, going, and I've had the, the success you reported with uh, ozone and pregnancy. I've seen that multiple, multiple times over the year with iodine and um, using iodine uh, during pregnancy, using iodine to help a patient get their hormonal system in balance and all of a sudden they can get pregnant again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. I'm not going to presume that um, OBGYNs are knowledgeable about this. So when you say work with a doctor that's knowledgeable about this, once a woman is involved, you know, becomes pregnant, an OBGYN isn't going to know anything about this. I would imagine the typical OBGYNs that are out there aren't just going to have a clue about how to manage it. Um, so if they're already taking it before and they have no problems, it isn't going to interfere in pregnancy in any way. It's not going to cause them any problems, I would trust. Is that correct? Well, my experience with my patients has been they, you know, they, I have not had problems with iodine um, um, through pregnancy. There's been, there's been a couple of cases reported in the literature. We've had two people in our population where we Women took iodine during pregnancy. They were pregnant, you know, iodine beforehand. They had delivery of normal babies, and the babies developed uh, hypothyroidism from birth. And um, there, there is a condition called iodine-induced hypothyroidism, and um, it's very—it's not very common in regards to babies when this happens. Basically, it it reverses itself within days to weeks after pregnancy, and the baby does form a normal thyroid function. But the initial test looks like they're hypothyroid, and then it just recovers. You know, it, it may be related to the iodine. It, it, it's, but in those cases, we, you know, the women stop their, their iodine while they're breastfeeding the baby, and we check the baby every week. And within a few weeks, the baby's thyroid function comes back to normal. We've had two cases in over 20 years in our practice of this happening. Other than that, there's no problem. We've had, you know, those, those are the vast minority. So iodine will transfer in breast milk to the, to the baby. Transfers very nicely in breast milk to the baby, as it should, because that's the baby's only source of iodine. How much iodine is in the mom? And yep. unfortunately, you, U.S. women of childbearing age are deficient in iodine. You know, and that's that's been iodine levels have fallen over fifty percent over the last forty years across the U.S. And you know that, that's a big problem for our children, and that's why I think we're seeing this autism. ADD epidemic that's occurring. Let's talk about that as soon as we come back from our last break, uh, commercial break. Uh, We're going to go to that break right now, and we'll be right back with Dr. David Brownstein. Doctor's Biome is a doctor-formulated probiotic shot for your gut and colon health. 
Our patent-pending process allows the bacteria to be alive from inception to ingestion, making them more effective than capsules that use freeze-dried probiotics. The probiotic strains are combined with an organic, non-GMO green juice. Save 20% today by using the code HAPPYGUT. Just go to doctorsbiome.com and use the code HAPPYGUT at checkout. Interested in ozone therapy, but don't know where to begin? Making ozone therapy part of your daily routine is much easier than you would guess. Let Promolife help guide you and answer all your questions about getting started with ozone therapy. Promolife supplies easy-to-use ozone therapy kits that allow you to accomplish your health goals. Promolife is the only company that provides free live support, easy-to-follow videos, and easy-to-use equipment. Our ozone equipment is fully made and assembled in the United States. Find out more by visiting promolife.com forward slash voice. You are tuned in to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ozonedoctor at yahoo.com. Now, back to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Hello, everybody. We're back again. We're talking with Dr. David Brownstein. Um, and we're talking about iodine. Um, let's talk about what we just left with, uh, children, ADHD, autism, and iodine and the connection there. What's been your experience, David? Well, there's been studies that show that iodine deficient areas of the world have much higher rates of ADD, um, you know, diagnosis of ADD in children. And you know, you could certainly expect that to happen since iodine is needed for normal brain and neurologic function in kids. And, um, you know, it would certainly, the, the rise in ADD that's being diagnosed over the last 40 to 50 years would certainly parallel the decline in iodine that's been seen in our country. And that's been shown in other countries like Italy and some of the other European countries as well. Um, so, again, that, that point to make there is the same point I made earlier that Women of childbearing age need to ensure they have adequate amounts of iodine before they're pregnant with the babies, because that's when the first trimester is the when everything develops, you know, and it's one of a very important time period for neurological development. Once they once they are autistic, for example, is taking iodine going to make a difference? Is it going to improve them, or is it too late? You know, it's a good question. I don't have answers to, full answers to, but I can tell you that I've treated many kids with, uh, you know, with uh, neurological problems and, you know, nutritionally and holistically, as they clean up their diet and get rid of their toxins and correct nutritional imbalances like iodine, you know, many times they improve significantly and many times improve when they don't meet a diagnostic category at that point. So I wouldn't necessarily say iodine is the sole cause and sole treatment for that problem, but it's certainly a big piece of that pie. Well, I wouldn't say it's the cause either. Uh, every parent that I've ever seen that has an autistic child has always said the same thing. My my child was fine till they got this last set of vaccinations, and since these vaccinations, within within weeks to a month, my child became autistic. And... Um, with ozone, I've seen some um, in many patients, uh, not many, a, a number of patients, great results. And I believe it's because it's chelating the toxic metals out of the brain. It's just a, an opinion because there's no way to test that and prove it. Uh, but we have seen results. Um, so you, so have you, have you seen those uh, similar results when you're giving when you're giving the, these autistic children um, proper nutrition, including iodine? Yeah, iodine. Yeah, I've seen the same results with ozone as well. Um, so you know, I, I, I always talk to patients like it's, it's a big pie. You know, their health, their health, and their health concerns are a big pie. So you know, I don't know if. Iodine is a quarter of that pie or a half of that pie or ozone is a quarter of the pie or a slice of the pie or whatever, you know, the size of the slice. But more slices you can get taken care of, the better people will do. 
and that's been really clear. Um, iodine is 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 a, is a very stable, uh, you know, halogen. It's probably one of the most stable of the halogens. Um, what about bromide and <laughs> we can get into fluoride. We could do a whole show on how how toxic fluoride is, um, but. Um, let's talk about the toxic fluorides very, very quickly, and then get back to the, um, you know, to, um, uh, you know, the, the, the main subject here. Um, where are people getting bromides from? We know where we're getting fluoride from. They, they're putting it in our drinking water and whatnot. Um, what can people do about it? Well, you're referring to the halides in the periodic yes. table. So the periodic table of elements is a list of all the chemical elements known to mankind. And the halides are group 17. They're on the right side of the periodic table, and they consist of uh, fluoride, bromide, iodine, and uh, fluoride, bromide, iodine, and chloride. Two of those halides are essential that we can't live without. That's iodine and chloride. And two are non-essential toxic items with no known therapeutic value. That's bromide. And then fluoride, we can make an argument whether it helps with cavities or not, but which I, you know, World Health Organization has shown a study where, you know, fluoridated versus non-fluoridated water supplies, there's really no difference in cavity rates. Um, But fluoride is a very small electronegative element, and it's very toxic to the human body, poisons hundreds of different enzymes in the body. And bromide is, you know, a non, non, uh, bromide is a, uh, a halide with no known therapeutic value in the body that competes with iodine. So if you get too much bromide in, your iodine level will be too low. If you get too much um, iodine in, you're, you can push bromide out of the body. Where we're getting bromide these days is in all our consumer goods, such as, uh, it's it's in food and drink in the form of brominated vegetable oil. It's in uh, it's in some soft drinks. It's brominated vegetable oil. Um, it's in bread products because they brominate flour instead of iodinating flour. They should be doing um, so. You know, and bromide is not only in those products. It's in computers and iPhones and you know a bunch of bunch of human uh, a bunch of human consumer goods including mattresses and carpets and uh, curtains and things as a fire retardant. So we're, we're over-brominated as a society. In much of Europe, they've outlawed bromine as a fire retardant, not in the U.S. So my testing of patients has shown we're, we're over-brominated and we're under-iodinated. And those, I did a study, which is in my book, of you know uh, nine breast cancer women, nine women suffering with breast cancer, versus nine healthy women, and the bromide levels were twofold higher in the breast cancer patients than the normal patients, and the iodine levels were almost twofold lower. You know, exactly what I, exactly what I was just saying about it. Very interesting. Um, selenium. What is the selenium and iodine connection? Selenium is, a, is, a, is a, an essential mineral that we need. There are areas of the U.S. that are very selenium deficient. Um, selenium, the, the connection really with selenium and iodine really has to do with the thyroid, that you can't make thyroid hormone without iodine, nor can you make it without selenium. So you need adequate amounts of selenium for both. And um, the, you know, again, a holistic doctor should be able to check selenium levels and determine whether you need selenium or not. Selenium can be toxic in, in, uh, if the doses are too high. So that needs to be in consideration. You know, not not everybody needs to take selenium, but in the U.S., iodine deficiency is nearly you know 100 percent if you're not taking iodine. Since our our food supply iodine content has declined by over 50 percent over the last 40 to 50 years. What's a safe dose of selenium to take? Because we used to use it intravenously in our in uh, when we. Um, uh, used to do uh, very, you know, use various vitamins in our vitamin C drips that we gave, and um, I, I know that uh, the government is anti-selenium in general, and yet um, uh, all the alternative doctors were very pro-selenium. 
What would be um, a, a healthy amount of selenium for a person to take every day, in your opinion? Well, I mean, you know, look, 50 micrograms is probably pretty safe for most adults to take, but selenium can easily be measured in hair and blood testing and then, you know, supplemented as needed. Um, so, you know, again, functional, knowledgeable, holistic doctor can help with that. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have them available or can't afford them. Many of the doctors charge um, uh, quite a bit uh, to be seen. And I don't, you know, it's a free enterprise society and everybody has to charge the fees they need to charge. Um, but they have to be able to afford it. And um, they're often walking out with shopping bags filled with stuff, supplements to take uh, that, you know, presses them. Uh, in this day and age, to try to get by. Um, have you noticed uh, that iodine might be important in preventing people from getting COVID? Absolutely. Well, I'm preventing people. I think iodine, you, you need iodine for the white blood cells to function normally. So not only for iodine, you need adequate amounts of iodine for proper immune system function. That would include every viral infection, every bacterial infection out there. So um, um, I think that COVID being a viral infection, you know, ensuring adequate iodine levels before your exposure to COVID is certainly a reasonable thing to make a statement on and say that should be done. And, um, you know, I think that those who are iodine deficient will probably be at more risk for not only becoming ill with COVID, but getting more serious COVID, just as they would be similarly from selenium deficiency or vitamin D deficiency. Okay, so there's there's a chapter in your book uh, that I thought was very interesting. Overcoming medical iodophobia. What is medical iodophobia? So I'm very proud of that term since I coined that. Um, <laughs> so medical iodophobia is the unwarranted fear of uh, using inorganic non-radioactive iodine in the uh, in the known amount from the medical literature that that date back, you know over 75 years. And so people who are scared, you know, practitioners who are scared of using iodine or they make inappropriate, they make uh, wrong and inappropriate statements like iodine causes Hashimoto's and Graves' disease. And when that's, the literature does not bear that out. And um, now unfortunately, that illness, um, medical iodophobia saying that iodine causes Hashimoto's and Graves' disease is very common in... Uh, the conventional world as well as the holistic world. And I, I address that in my book in detail and, you know, address that in my lectures. Um, we're just about done with the show, unfortunately. And I just want to know, um, right now we've, you know, we know what's going on in the Ukraine and there's a, a big fear that um, Russia may release, you know, destroy a, uh, you know, a, a nuclear plant or a release a bomb and um, the supplies of potassium iodide are decreasing in this country because people are buying it like crazy with that, that, that fear that's been created by such an event taking place. Um, does, does potassium iodide really work at absorbing uh, the radiation that might, might affect our thyroid? That's a good question. Unfortunately, it's an appropriate question in today's world. But when Chernobyl blew its top, um, I believe that was the late 1980s. It's hard to remember. You know, one of the first things that the Soviet Union did was supply iodine tablets for surrounding people. And the reason for that is if, if, if a human being has all their iodine receptors saturated with iodine and we're exposed to radioactive iodine, um, doesn't matter how we're exposed, food, water, you know, doesn't matter, air, that the radioactive iodine will have nowhere to bind to since the iodine receptors are already bound with iodine and it will pass right through the body without causing problems. Radioactive iodine release from a nuclear nuclear event has been shown to increase the risk of thyroid cancer. And that's because people are deficient in iodine. They get exposed to radioactive iodine particles and they bind it to their thyroid gland. The radioactivity destroys and alters the DNA of those cells, and cancer can develop. Um, that could all be um, 
mitigated or at least minimized with taking um, iodine to saturation beforehand. Okay. We're at the end of the show. David, how can people get hold of the book? How can they get hold of you? Can you give us your contact information? Please say it twice and slowly because they have to write it down. The, the, they can go to my website, which is www.drbrownstein.com. And it's, that's www.drbrownstein, B-R-O-W-N-S-T-E-I-N.com. Okay, and all your books are available there? They're all there. Oh, wonderful. They can order directly. That's great. That's great. David, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to meeting you um, in, the, uh, in just a few weeks from now in Dearborn at the ICIM meeting. Um, I definitely want to have you back on the show, and I want to talk about something people don't talk about, salt. Um, it's, I think, a very important and un, uh, topic, and people need to know more about it. Um, Everybody, thank you. Um, so, David, thank you. <laughs> and then, um, uh, everybody, if you have uh, any questions, um, suggestions for the show, please email me at ozonedoctor, O-Z-O-N-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at yahoo.com. Remember to go to promolife, P-R-O-M-O-L-I-F-E.com, for all your ozone products that you should be taking to prevent medical problems as well as to treat them. And remember to go to doctorsbiome.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-B-I-O-M-E. And um, remember to use the code RADIO20 to get 20% off your first order. And then if you contact me at ozonedoctor at yahoo.com, I'll give you a special coupon code to get even bigger discounts in the future when you buy. Everybody, um, uh, if you have also, call my office at 212-581-0101, and I'll be ha very happy to call you back and answer any questions personally if you choose. And everybody, please stay healthy, stay safe, and stay well. We'll be back again next week here on Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be glad to talk again next week.